we are very excited to announce that we are hosting our first Meetup in the Left Field 2022 on August 21st in Columbus, Ohio. We have Zoomed together for two years, and it is beyond time to meet face-to-face. The primary purpose of this meeting will be to meet your fellow left fielders, as well as to meet and interact with some of our community's favorite sponsors and professionals. The tentative plan is to host a special infielder event Thursday night, October 20th, which will include appetizers, drinks, and the opportunity to connect with your Zoom friends. That will be followed by a full day of networking and meetings on Friday, October 21st. The cost to attend the event is $250. Members of the infield community will get a $100 discount and a free month of membership if they sign up before September 15th. We hope to see you soon in the left field. Hello, left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder David Morvitz. David, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining us. Chad, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So we'd like to start these off with just kind of getting a background on you. Could you tell us a little bit about where you're living? What do you do for a living? Those kind of things just to get us started. Sure. I'm sure you can tell from my accent. I'm from Boston. (laughs) I was going to say the South, but no. (laughs) I grew up born and raised on the North Shore of Massachusetts. Currently, I live in Winchester, Massachusetts, which is about seven miles north of Boston. I work in a family business. We have a school bus transportation business. Interesting. I've been in the family for 40 years. I actually jumped in the family business about 13 years ago, approximately. And I believe you asked my journey of how I got to yeah, passive yeah. investing. Yeah. How do you go from uh, working with school buses to get into passive investing? Well, I'm still in the school bus world. And <laughs> of so course. what happened? been actively in real estate since I was in my late 20s, on the verge of turning 49 next week. Big birthday day next week. Happy happy early birthday then. (laughs) Thank you. And I was actively owning two or three families. And I foolishly sold them several years later because I was looking more at the appreciation than I was at the cash flow. Yeah. Then I kind of followed a path of here, owning a unit there, but never really getting into scale. Yeah. Fast forward to when I was 45 years old. It's year end in December, and I'm thinking that I don't have any real estate. I have no possessions besides the property that I own. I need to step my game up, and I need to start investing more. So I started going online to MLS and checking properties, and then looking, how can I meet more people to get involved with real estate? So I found meetup.com, found a meetup in Newton, Massachusetts, which is only 30 minutes away from me. And there, I met Matt Pacheni, who was hosting. That's great. hosting the meetup, Yeah. (laughs) I met him and I had him explain to me how syndications work because before that I never understood and never even heard of syndications. He explained to me the world of syndications and I think that first year I invested 350,000 with people that were syndicating out of that meetup. Oh, that's great. The great great thing about that, yeah, it was great. The great thing about that is that I could physically meet and see these people on a monthly basis to get updates, 
So it wasn't someone that was across the country. It was yeah. someone that was right there in front of me on a monthly basis. So that, great. that was great. Were they local assets as well that you could even see the assets or were it, was it just the sponsors were there? The sponsors were there. Gotcha. All the assets were out of state. Gotcha. Just curious because yeah. that would have been yeah. really nice both ways. But that's yeah, great that you have read. that rich of a population there in your backyard to get you started into the syndication world. That's fantastic. It was fantastic. It really was. It was very helpful to springboard me down that path. Yeah. Definitely. So that was your first year. What's your journey been since that point in time then too, to get more educated into the business further and so forth? Yeah. So that was 2019. And I think I made my first investment in May or my first investments, I should say. And each year I've been tacking on a little more. When I say a little more, I've been trying to invest a certain quarter each year or, or just try to find the right deals, all cash flowing deals. I'm totally stayed away from the spec world or the appreciation is, world. Yep. Got my bruises through that in my earlier <laughs> days of, of investing. And obviously COVID hit and, you know, the school bus transportation company business itself, schools closed. Yeah. So I had to be careful about my investments during that period of time. Yeah. And then it was in, I want to say October of 21 that I was introduced to and joined Left Field Investors. Oh, great. That opened me up to even a bigger world of syndications because what I used to do was listen to a podcast, see who the sponsor was, go on their website, set up a call. And that was good. But now I could see comments about particular sponsors and learn about more sponsors and learn about not just about multifamily real estate, but about self-storage and ATM investing and the oil and you know the energy sector. Yeah. So it just opened my world to a whole new area besides just multifamily. That's great. I was going to ask you if you've stuck with multifamily or if you've broadened your asset classes, diversified some as well. I have. So the vast majority of my investments are in multifamily. Uh, it was over the past six months that I invested with Spartan oh, yeah. in the self-storage fund. Yep. I invested in the real asset investor, Dave Zook, the ATM fund. Yep. And I'm exploring right now an energy fund, oil and gas, and trying to think if there's anything. I, I think after that, a majority are multifamily. The first annual Spartan Investor Summit is an exclusive two-day experience on California's iconic Lake Tahoe. 50 serious investors and eight amazing speakers are gathering at the Landing Resort and Spa for this intimate event focused on knowledge sharing, meaningful connections, and recession-resistant investment strategies that will help you live your best life. Featured speakers include Clint Coons, Rich Fetke, Ram LaPointe, Vicki Schiff, and Toby Mathis, along with Spartan's own Scott Lewis, Ryan Gibson, and Ben Lapidus. If you're ready to learn more about recession-resistant investment strategies while meeting like-minded leaders from around the country, click the link on our podcast page to learn more about the sessions, speakers, and adventures that await at the Spartan Investor Summit. Space is limited, so don't wait. We're very familiar with multifamily. It's an easy asset class for people to get comfortable with, it seems like. And I think it offers a, a little bit of both more frequently of equity increase, you know, forced equity that they can do with their remodels, as well as cash flow. That helps with kind of the perfect scenario in my mind. I look for a lot, several of those anyway, just to be a part of my portfolio to give me both worlds to grow that right. wealth. But Good. So the journey's been good along the way. You've used podcasts as a resource. What other kind of resources have helped you get yourself educated, find more people, 
Is it mostly the community then, or have there been some other things that have helped you out along the way as well? I would say podcast reading and like, for example, I read Brian Burke's book, which introduced me to him, Praxis Capital. Yeah. Other than that, I had no idea who Praxis Capital right, was. Right, right. But I would say the biggest part of my education has come since I joined Left Field. That's great. Because again, now I've been exposed to sponsors I didn't even know in different asset classes that I didn't know. Exactly. That you even invest in. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew you could invest in self-storage, but the ATM space, just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, and you had a, to jump back to your story with the buses and COVID, you had a perfect example of why having a passive income is good to supplement just in case your regular income stream, your active income stream dries up. I don't know if it dried up or not, but it sounds like there's potential in that when COVID hit anyway. That It dried up. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It dried up. And it was definitely an eye opener. And the business itself has been very good to my family. But I want to have options. Yeah, and that's exactly. what the cash flow as I build it is going to provide me. Yep. I think that diversity makes sense with anybody's industry that they're in, really. Yeah, but And I did forget one that I recently invested in was the Tommy's Car Wash. Oh, Another did you get in the car wash? Real, on, on the debt <laughs> side. Yeah, I like that deal too. So I just recently invested in that. Good. Well, you're getting yeah. some diversity in the portfolio then. That's good. Absolutely. That's what you know, everybody seems to preach. I'm... I think I've said it on the podcast before too. I'm trying to kind of stick to my lanes of like three or four asset classes and staying focused on them and not get too far out on the fringes yet until I feel better about all the ones that I'm dealing with. But uh, it's hard not to chase some of the shiny objects sometimes too. Yes, it can be. But I think the important thing for me is I'm researching as much as possible, not just on my own, but researching by listening to what other left field members are saying. Yeah. You know, if somebody's had past experience or, and you can read into some of the forums, there doesn't have to be any bashing of any particular sponsor, but there's certain key things like lack of communication or, you know, they missed their distributions and it had nothing to do with COVID. You know, certain things like that raise flags for me. Yeah. So it causes pause and makes me think, all right, let me kind of put that sponsor on the back burner and explore some others. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. And that, you know, we preach, I've said it on the podcast as well. We preach that it, we think it's important to be a part of any community for those kind of particular reasons, whether it's left field or somebody else, even being part of multiple communities is probably not a bad thing because you're going to get that many more opinions and you can get that much more data you can collect before you jump in with a sponsor that maybe you haven't worked with before. So I think that's most important. Yeah. I think anybody who tries to do this by themselves is. Good luck to them. They could succeed, but I don't think they're going to get as far as quick. I think the ability of having people to bounce sponsors off of, ideas off of, numbers off of, through as many resources as possible, whether it be through left field or local meetups, it's, I don't know why you wouldn't take care of, yep. take advantage of that rather. Yep, I agree. So you've been actively in the passive world for since 2019. Yes. That's some pretty good time to get some lessons learned or some advice, maybe. What would be something you'd pass on to others that are listening to the podcast that you've picked up along those years that you've been involved in it that might help them out on their journey as well? Several lessons. One, <laughs> start young if you can. But if you can't, don't think that you're too old to start now. That's great advice. And I started at 45 and you know I had those thoughts in my mind of, yeah, but if I start now and this... You know, you think that it's too late, but it's not. It's never too late. Yep. Another lesson that I've learned was know the sponsor. I think the sponsor, and, and we've heard this a hundred times, 
a sponsor could take a bad deal and make it good. And yeah. I think I've had some really good sponsors that I've worked with through COVID who took it through a tough time and got us through the other side and cashed out and we all got a nice payday. And another lesson, I'm sorry? I, I say, I think that's good, yep. Yeah, and another lesson that I've learned is again, everyone's gonna have their own journey, but I think it's important for people to build cash flow. There's always gonna be spec appreciation deals out there where you can try to make 10 times your money. But if you just focus on building cash flow, you can always, once you have a decent amount of income coming in from cash flow, you can always filter some off into some spec deals. But don't just focus on the spec appreciation deals and hope to build $2 million that way. So yep. those nope. are the deals that usually advice. get burned on. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I think I've reached a point that I feel like I'm playing with house money here on out. I don't feel like I need to put any more, save any more, raise any more of my own capital to go in because I've been able to get the cash flow flowing and the wealth, the equity build that has allowed me to be at a point that I feel like my numbers would work out that I don't have to keep saving that money at this point. But to your point, I started late and had those same thoughts that you talked about in your first point that you're not too old to get started. You're not too young to get started either. That I'm glad I got in when I did. I'm trying to teach my kids about it now so they can do it in their late teens, 20s and get started a lot earlier and do better than dad, hopefully along the way, just because I'm, you know, I had no clue about this space when I was their age. So the fact that I can introduce them to it now is all the better, you know? So yes. good advice. I like that. So here we are now in 2022, three quarters of the way through the year. What's next for you? What's the future look like? Where you go? What are your next steps in this space? Full steam ahead. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people are waiting to see what the economy does, but I'm a believer that you can find a deal in any economy. I agree. And so I am still looking for cash flowing deals, ideally paying higher cash on cash returns. I've totally put, as I mentioned previously, totally put appreciation deals on the back burner. Yep. Cash flow first. And if they pay appreciation at the end, if there's a nice appreciation kicker at the end, that's icing on the cake. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. So, are you looking at any different asset classes still, or are you just cash flow is the king no matter what asset class it comes in? I didn't know if you've thought through that way. Yeah. I'm looking at still multifamily, but on the affordable housing side. The tax, there's, there's those multifamily deals that have the deferred taxes where it's a municipality yeah. that is leasing back. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of what you're, I can't think of the term either. I can't think of it right now. I'm drawing a blank on exactly. it. But basically, the municipality leases it back to the sponsor. Yeah. And in return for the sponsor operating the property, Right. they get free or seriously reduced property taxes, yeah. which passes all that cash flow right through the investor. Yep. So I like those deals. I have no problem looking at industrial, self-storage, the car wash, the ATM deals, anything yeah. that's going to pay out a decent cash flow. Cash flow. Very yeah. good. Well, I wish you luck on that journey. Sounds like you're heading in the right direction. You've got collected a lot of stuff along the way and knowledge to go with it. So that's fantastic. And we're glad you're part of the community. Thank you for being with us. It's great to be a part of the community, looking to continue working with LFI. And there's even LFI members that are in the Boston area that we've kind of formed our own little group. And we're talking about maybe doing a tribe through TribeVest. That's awesome. To do something collectively. Yeah. So, well, now maybe we'll some other Bostonites will hear this podcast and you'll get more people to join you there. That'd be great. That'll be fantastic. So this is great. Well, David, I really appreciate you coming on today. This is a great conversation. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Chad, it was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. We'll see you next time in the spotlight. 
Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy, not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place, so you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at TribeVest.com. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.